to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, this is like one of our little quick episodes. Uh, I'm very excited. I'm Yvonne Brandenburg. I'm not joined by Jordan this week be- or in this episode, whenever this goes live, because still trying to figure it out. Um, but I am joined by the amazing Tabitha Kusera. Hey, hey, girl. Hey, I'm so happy to be <laughs> here. And I'm so excited about your first conference. We need more conferences. <laughs> by amazing veterinary technicians. So I love seeing this and I'm honored to be a small part of it. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you be part of it because I don't know, your stuff's so cool. And it's the nice thing about your, well, okay, before we do that, I should probably tell people who you are in case for some reason you don't know who Tabitha is. Tabitha, um, you have to give me your initials because I can never remember everybody's initials. Yes. So we love learning as badass veterinary <laughs> technicians. So my name is Tabitha Kusera. I own Chirps and Chatter, which is a cat and dog behavior consulting business in Cleveland. I am a registered veterinary technician, a VTS in behavior, a certified cat behavior consultant, a Karen Pryor Academy certified training partner, and then I'm also elite fear-free and low stress handling certified all the uh, all the stuffs <laughs> i'm excited because i think you, if you have not picked yeah. up on that and that's my jam <laughs> right i think because we had you on a long time ago right yes i talked oh i was such a little baby then i know because um, you didn't have your vts yet no i didn't have my vts i think i had my i think other... you were in the middle of the process for vts but i'm pretty sure you had your other certifications already. yeah i think i had my and i already was out of GP doing speaking and consulting with yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was in towards the beginning and I was like I want to say it was 2020 or something like that we're handling fearful (laughs) animals that's like again one of my favorite things yeah 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 so it's 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 crazy to think like well and I think we connected oh yeah because at the time I want to say it was podcasting because you had your, your other podcast, you had, you were kind of in the middle of starting that. Um, now your podcast is Tales from a Vet Tech, tech, but T-A-I-L-S. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is adorable. And I love your logo still, still amazing. Yeah. So you do Tales of a Disney character, which we all love us as Disney characters. We all look great. So, yeah, yeah. So definitely you have to check out the logo if you haven't seen it. It's super cute. Um, so I think that's how we originally connected. Cause I was like, oh, a veterinary technician podcaster, let me meet you. <laughs> and I think that's how it started. There aren't as many as, uh, of us as you would think, considering there's no. so many amazing veterinary professionals. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, then- there's definitely more now, but like yes. th- three, four years ago when we started all this, it was like, no, well, yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that's how we connected. And then I was like, you're getting your VTS. I was like, yeah, because 
And then I'm I was big like, proponent of BTS's, <laughs> right? And we connected. Yeah. And then I saw you once when you came to California and I saw you for like a hot second. And I think we were supposed to be at a conference together this year, but somehow we ended up not connecting. I came in the... I think, oh, that's what it was. We were at the same conference, just totally different days. And I was like... Yes. And we love that we are getting busier and speaking and consulting a lot more. But I was literally in and out. So, And you were speaking the next day, so I didn't get to see you. I was very bummed. And I think I came after you already lectured. So it was just like... That's what happens when it's a bigger conference. You end up not seeing everybody. You're like, I'm going to be there. And I'm like, Ugh, you're going to be there Friday and I'm going to be there Saturday. Yes. <laughs> so, so you, <laughs> that's how it seems to be going lately. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So you do. So you have your podcast. You have your um, training behavior consulting business and you do a ton of speaking as well, which is one of the things I love. Um, because <laughs> we stole you for, for, uh, our conference. Um, yeah. And I think what it, so, I, oh, that's right. I love the title of your talk this weekend. Cause it's when we're recording this, it is, um, this coming Sunday, November 12th. Yes. Um, and you're talking, your title, I'm going to say it wrong. So I'm going to make you say it. I just know it's me ouch. That's one of the best parts of it. Me ouch. I've had two titles, so off the top of my head, I know I should remember. So it's <laughs> me ouch, painful, not grumpy cats, or me ouch, recognizing chronic pain in cats. Because heads up to everyone, yes, I'm biased, but behavior is everything. And yeah, chronic pain is hard in, in humans, right? Yeah. I always tell clients, your veterinarian can be the best veterinarian, best veterinary technician ever, but your doctors are all awesome. And you've probably had to go to 15 and really advocate for yourself to get your pain either first identified and then to come up with a multimodal management plan that works for your specific pain. So what yeah. I is as a technician, I worked in GP for 13 years in animal welfare before leaving GP to focus on my own business. And I was, I feel like I was good at, at, at address, like identifying acute pain. I'll be honest. I don't think I was very skilled at chronic pain. I don't, I don't think a lot of us are given mm. the tools. Nope. And then as I got into behavior, I was like, oh, identifying chronic pain is maintenance of normal behaviors, development of new behaviors, loss of normal behaviors. I'm like, it's all behavior and then yeah. as a behavior consultant when i'm dealing with because mostly i only see severe behavior issues yeah. when i'm seeing them in cats and dogs i i realize that underlying un unmanaged undiagnosed in many cases pain was either the cause or a very large contributing factor to more than 50 to 60 percent of my cat cases and then i was like i need to share this information <laughs> um that's so crazy Cause I'm lucky, right? I'm, I'm a, a BTS in behavior. Plus I have, again, all that behavior background, all that medical background. So, and I'm in the person's home. Right. So I could see an abnormal gate now from like through a cat skimming through a zoom, like a friend's or we're in a meeting. <laughs> I'm scared. And I'm like, oh, She's going to be like, uh, what's going on here? And I'm like, what? But again, 
something that I always joke about kind of, because I think the language we use is really important. Even the people who I love and support and who have taught me so much, you know, I call them the pain gods. We all have our favorite people. Right. They say things like cat pain is subtle. And I was like, we need to stop saying that in veterinary medicine because it is not subtle. It screams out at you. We are just not learning to identify it. Mm. Um, and I think when we say subtle, we're kind of downplaying our ability to see it, not having the skills to identify it. And again, I have definitely, the more I've gotten into behavior, that's, that's how I had that additional skill set to recognize chronic pain and then do pain scores with the clients and then share with the vets and we all work together and it's beautiful. But essentially I talk all about that and I share tons of real life iPhone videos. <laughs> Love of All the signs I see in all of my, the animals that I work with, whether it's human directed aggression, house soiling, inner cat aggression, all these things I commonly mm. see and how I also identify why it's challenging. Cause again, we are amazing as veterinary professionals, but there are some pretty significant challenges that we need to identify as a field so I've, I've learned to understand the whys it's been challenged. Like, why are we not diagnosing these cats? And again, we're awesome. But I also talk about that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I think, I think even for me, like, because I do like the, the clinical training and like internal medicine and all that stuff. And I think, <laughs> You know, there's been, there's so many times where I'm just like, wow, that that pet's painful, right? And like we use pain scoring at my clinics, thank God. Love it. Um, and it's just it's a game changer, right? Especially like for those technicians that are working in like CCU or ICU or whatever, right? And you have a pain score, and you can be like, hey, doctor, so and so. Fluffy's painful. And they go, why do you think fluffy painful? And previously it was like, I don't know. It's just like, she seems like she's moving around a little bit or kind of not blah, blah, blah. And they go, okay, okay. I'll, I'll check them in a, in a bit. And like, you know, doctors get sidetracked and they forget to that check them. That's a good point, Yvonne. And I, I work in a lot of <sighs> shelters as well, where pain management is a whole nother. Oh yeah. Um, but something that I've recognized because I also speak to behavior professionals about pain. Cause I think again, in many cases, if they don't like, have the medical training, they're right. not going to know. Right. Yeah. But in many cases, my clients identify the pain in their cats before maybe even the veterinarian professionals do, but also we all yeah. know that we need the client's help. I mean, right. At CE recently, I'm finally seeing that conversation in the new pain guidelines. We're finally addressing yeah. the fact that we need the caregivers. Yeah. The cool thing is I teach all my clients what pain looks like. So even once we're yeah. done working together, but I, on the, the thing that you were saying, I think it's really important for us to trust each other and have rapport with our colleagues, but real talk whether I'm in a shelter, you or need to not be subjective, right? Like you have to be objective. And that's where those pain scores, I think are. But also changers. I think like you said, people, I could say this cat's painful and I'm just going to be honest, just like I could say this cat's fearful. And if I can't describe in detail, 
to be fair, there should be some rapport and there should be some trust and communication. Right. In some cases, that's not a foundation at that specific clinic yeah, for multiple yeah. reasons. But even if it is, right, I can then say, like, for example, as someone that works with vets from all over who I've never worked with, literally mm-hmm. I create a pain score and I narrate the videos that the clients send me. Right. And have them share them with their vet because you know, it's, or in some cases I'll have the client talk for themselves, but in many cases, understandably, it's just easier for me to talk to the veterinarian and share what I'm right. saying. Um, but it's not just Tabitha feels this way. It's here's the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, especially when clinics implement pain scores, like you could be like, this is what I noticed is, which is why I scored it this, this is what I noticed. Which I scored it this way, but right. And so, and and I even talk like in my lectures, because I do talk about pain scoring in lectures. I yes, tell people, I'm like, here's your pain score. And, I, and and there's a couple of them out there. Like there's the Colorado state one, there's the Glasgow and I'm, there's probably other ones, but those I mean, are the like the two. Has obviously been a game changer yeah. for. And I think, I think the Glasgow incorporates the grimace into it, which is really cool. Um, and, and so I tell people, I'm like, this isn't just for you in your hospital, you can literally give this to clients and be like, here's your pain scoring because, and here's, and here's why I talked about this because, um, I would help out in sur- in the surgery department sometimes and everything comes in for a TPLL. Right? right. And, and I would ask and be like, well, you know, do you think they're painful? And they go, no, no, I don't think they're painful. And like my inner dialogue just like blows up and I have to like edit before it comes out. Cause I'm like, so do you limp when you're not painful? And I just kind of go, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but then, but then it's like having that teaching moment and using like, as, and using a pain score is, is a great option. But anyways, yeah, I could obviously talk about pain and patience forever, um, but so- I'm excited about it's- so important in all aspects again like yeah definitely veterinary professionals that's 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 the the, but again as as compared to what I do prior to behavior I'm like and I think people forget like if you're painful like let's say you have a headache or your back hurts or you've cramps right like any of those things it's painful do you act like a cheery person to everyone no you're probably going to snap at someone because you're like, just shut up. My head hurts. <laughs> Anyone so, that struggles with chronic pain, every <laughs> part of their life is more yeah. challenging. And this yes. is true for our cat friends and our dog friends and yeah. you know every le- living animal. But again, sometimes, and my goal is obviously to help people identify, but also to just, when it comes to the critical thinking process mm. of identifying and possibly diagnosing something, in so many cases, something that I have recognized, especially because mm. to me, behavior is medicine. Medicine is behavior. And I understand we're 100%. not all yeah, yeah. there. Um, but if I have a cat exhibiting fear, aggressive behaviors, and I don't love labels. So to define that would be maybe scratching ears back, you know, fearful body language, biting caregivers, or even biting the veterinary staff. Mm. In so many cases, pain is not even in their box of thinking. 
Mm. And that hurts my heart a lot. Yeah. Um, So just to kind of, because we all get real talk, right? We've all gotten into patterns, right? Yeah. Where, you know, when, because when I worked in GP, I'm sure I got into more patterns because now I'm literally working with a different vet, a different client, a different, I am thrown into multiple and it's given me such out of the box, critical thinking skills. Mm -hmm, But also mm -hmm. I know when you're working in one place, which is also awesome, even when you're going above and beyond and listening to podcasts about vet med, because you're great or attending (laughs) CE because you're awesome. Or even me and my job right now, we can all get kind of stuck in these three symptoms. This is the disease process I'm thinking. And we're not thinking outside of that disease process. And that's yeah, yeah. where, again, which is why I, the rabbit holes, <laughs> when I call, like when I lecture about this to behavior professionals, I say grumpy, not painful cats, because that is a label I strongly dislike that I hear about cats a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. and in most cases they are painful. So, yeah. you know, but we're going to talk all of, again, we could talk about pain forever. I think we're all in vet med, like we we don't want to see our client, our patients suffering. And that's the other thing. If we aren't measuring pain, how are we supposed to improve pain? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) We all know like you've been diagnosed with a chronic medical issue, for example, as a human or an animal, your, your GP, or maybe you went to Urgicare. I've had that life and they give me like a steroid and I'm like, uh, I'm getting a second opinion. Um, yeah. In in my, in human med. Um, because yeah. I'm like, my wrist hurts, I have carpal tunnel, here's a steroid, here's a steroid injection. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's um I understand that in the moment, but like we and then also that, or even if you have like maybe an NSAID for a headache, for some of us, NSAIDs don't touch our headaches. Right. So like, hey, carp, hey, dog arthritis, NSAID, right? Or cat. Silenzia. And don't get me wrong. I love Silenzia, but it is not a solo management. <laughs> like we need to utilize other, but again, so many people are like, if the client can't recognize, that's another thing that happens a lot. How many of us have had cats, the veterinarian prescribe medications, they come back and your heart is broken because this cat was not getting the medications, but that now that I work in all the worlds, I have different perspective. And I'm like, first off, they probably couldn't give the meds, which is why I offer cooperative care training for veterinary Mm -hmm. staff, but also for clients. But the second thing is the client doesn't know what pain freaking looks like. Yeah. Which is why tramadol is still being used in dogs after (laughs) orthopedic surgeries. I'm not trying to be rude, but like Mm-hmm. We need to look at, we're always improving. That's why we call it practicing vet med, which is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. But client, I was like, oh my gosh, I never told a client what pain looked like. Why? No wonder I hear my cat's old. He just doesn't play. And that's normalized where I'm like, oh, that hurts my heart. I'm going to play when I'm 70. It might look different. Right. But right. 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 So many yeah. people, I hear it with dogs too, but I hear it a lot more with cats. Like he's oh, a old, thousand percent. He, he just, he just sleeps all day things. And I'm just like, that is the saddest thing I've ever heard. I mean, I don't say that. I hear, I hear in my head. Your inner voice is like, ah. yes, my inner <laughs> voice. Cause I would never say that. Cause that client's yeah. doing the best with what they know, which is why we're going to expand their knowledge. And yeah. when clients, 
I mean, when veterinary, when all of us start to see pain, like even now, the fact that I can see a gate from a distance and be like, that's abnormal. Right. That's You're like, something oh, I could do it. even five years ago, probably. Right. Yeah. I didn't have that skill set. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. I'm excited because I, I mean, it's only one hour, but it's going to be a really good hour. Lots of, and I think a lot of us are visual learners and I've, mm -hmm. that's another thing that we all learn from other people and it's awesome. And I've noticed that in a lot of, in vet med, we don't have a lot of videos. So I, I have hundreds yeah. of videos because I take videos of every animal's gait, eating, playing, drinking, which should be part of every vet exam as well. But I, so I was like, oh, I can play all of these for you and I can let you know what the behavior concern was. I can provide yeah. some context. But I realized how powerful that sharing these videos, because the cool thing is once that caregiver sees it, they won't see it. Once that veterinary professional sees it, they won't yeah. see it. It's like body language. It's really, I mean, it is body language essentially. So yeah. the videos can be really powerful because we can all describe something, but I think seeing it, I was going to say, that's why like we tell clients, send us a photo, send yes. us a video because we're like, do you describing it over the phone makes no sense to me. My clients are always <laughs> like, I got a picture of poop. I'm like, thank you. Always take, again, I'm a behavior <laughs> consultant, but I yeah. deal with a lot of medical issues as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. and, and I tell my clients at the first consult, if your cat or dog pees, defecates, vomits, just take a photo for fun for me. And they laugh and I'm like, nope, I'm for real. <laughs> like yeah. I won't be grossed out. I'll bring you treats. Like I'll reinforce you for it. <laughs> Please. <laughs> like, nice. Um, because it's, it's, it makes our jobs. First off, we're more, we have more evidence and information to do our jobs better and more yep. efficiently, but also we're getting rid of narratives. And again, kind of like we're avoiding a label, but describing the behavior I'm the, yeah. hearing what the client describes it as is still helpful, but seeing it so much power in that from a veterinary professional standpoint. Totally agreed. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, we could totally do this forever, but it was supposed to be a mini episode. So <laughs> yes, and we're gonna you're gonna hear all about it at my lecture. And there are so many others that I am looking forward to listening to. I know like, I'm, I'm excited. Like, blood it, one, I'm going to definitely nerd out. Jordan and I we were like, who do we want to hear from? And like, we couldn't get everybody obviously for the very first one. We had it's to, we had to narrow it year. down. Woo, it's going to keep growing. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, we're excited about that, but, uh, what else do you want to promo? I mean, I honestly, like you're speaking at so many things, um, yeah. So if you see it at a conference, hundred percent go to our lectures because they're always good. But what else? Thank what you. else That's you got? Kind of you. <laughs> so I am obviously speaking at your amazing conference. I do speak quite a lot. So you can always go to chirpsandchatter.com to see my upcoming events. But also I share a lot of free, I think behavior education is really yes. To, I have some of your resources and I love them. So yes, to receive. So, and again, as a technician, when I wanted to know more and I have access to more resources as a vet tech than, than the general public or animal welfare, you know, and I realized not just when it comes to dogs, but with cats as well, 
first off, the the information was very limited and a lot of it was severely outdated and problematic, um, which then helped me understand why I'm I'm seeing a lot of things happen. Um, so I essentially think education should be accessible. So I create a lot of my resources are cat-based because I, I'm working on dog ones. It's just, there are minimum to no cat ones. So um, yeah. we got to triage and do what we can. We're all out here trying. Um, so I have lots of free resources. And then I also work for fear free in multiple aspects, as well as teach cooperative care and critical thinking to handling. Um, so I have a lot of fun infographic, short, sweet, what humans like, how they like to learn and right. videos on my Facebook and Instagram for chirps and chatter. And then I, I do have an awesome event coming up. I think it's November 14th. It's on my socials for sure. But essentially another thing I've identified is I approach handling as a skill, which our, our field tends not to. I was taught two techniques that I wouldn't even call them techniques. I would, I was taught two holds that I have not utilized in over 10 years. Um, oh my God, seriously. Right. We are not set up for success. Uh, but so something I recognize, even at practices that are obtaining fear-free certification, doing what they can to work with their individual patients medically, but emotionally, I recognized that I love sedation and I love pre-visit pharmaceuticals and setting up the environment. But something that is limited is when we need to do something. And I have an FAS because I'm all about FAS, fear, anxiety, stress score, yeah. and pain scores for every patient, every time. And if you have an FAS three to five, a lot of the times when I'm talking to people and I give them scenarios, they say stop and meds. And I say, what else? And I've, I've, I'm, and I'm not talking negative. I, it's just been helpful data where I was like, there are no resources for you to learn well, more in skills. I was going to say, and I will throw this from the ER side of it. That is mm -hmm. one thing that has been very difficult for our practice is that as much as we want to say stop and give drugs, sometimes we literally can't. Mm -hmm. Like we have to modify. Um, and like, obviously we're going to stop like the immediate like thing oh, right. and not make it worse. Right. But it's like, okay, but I can't do quote unquote fear free because, <laughs> because like they just got hit by a car, <laughs> you know, right. like, and like, and that's, and that's the thing. And like, so what, what skills can we add to this? Right. To go and I past think that's the a common misconception um, because yes. To be you fair, to every interaction I have with a human and an animal, they are learning and I, I have power. I have things I can do to minimize fear and stress, whether, yeah. cause again, most of my patients are FAS four to five and have been fired right. from veterinary clinics and I have no issue, but also it's not, people are like feeding and considerate approach. And I'm like, yeah, those are two techniques that I utilize, but I also, but it's have not the end of the so yeah. literally in this lecture, and I'm actually writing a workshop for this right now, because I realized there were no resources. And when people even want to learn, right, if they're, so I'm literally sharing case studies, which I, we do utilize drugs, but I'm not talking about dosages. Cause that's another thing that Ooh. I have recognized hot take. I love drugs. I love a drug chart, but something that I have seen 
happen is drug chart is looked at, individual animal is not factored into drug chart, and nothing else is done from a handling standpoint. We just do the same thing. And that's that's problematic for me um, yeah. in many cases. I'm also, I'm not a fan of giving people drug dosages because I am not a doctor. Right. I'm like, I'm not prescribing something for you. I'm recommending well, I'm going to share the drug, drug amazing, uh, but I'm not giving you a dose. Like you should have a plum. And the focus of this lecture, because <laughs> again, even, even from a handling yes. perspective as a whole, even I've recognized that we do not approach handling from a critical thinking. I think it's super fun. I have thousands mm. of tools in my head, but I'm in situations constantly where I've had to get better and better and better and better. Yeah. And unfortunately, what I tend to see is we're going to do the same thing with force because we don't know what else to do. And then we're going to use the statement, (laughs) this is all we can do, which is concerning. It's kind of like saying we only can use Pred and Convenia. Oh, gosh. Yep. Let's trigger everybody on the podcast, Um, (laughs) (laughs) which we're not going to hear that. Right. But for some reason with handling, it's just been so normalized. Yeah. And then these poor techs, these poor vets, these poor vet assistants, essentially they aren't given any tools or skills or techniques. No, no. They're given two. I'm going to share in depth what, what I've done. And understandably, you may not be able to apply all those things because handling is a skill and you need to practice it and get better. But I think seeing it from a critical thinking standpoint is going to be really helpful for people. And this course that you're talking about, it's um, on your stuff or are you doing it for someone else? I'm doing it for um, actually a dog trainer who is awesome. Um, I'm offering it on his website and that will be the one on Tuesday. But then I'm also working on, I will most likely be presenting it at conferences next year. And I'm actually working on a hands-on workshop Nice. Okay. Because again, I've recognized that I was like, oh my gosh, the staff hasn't, no one's given them any tools. We can't, no, it's not fair for them. And I know what tools I was supplied with, and I wouldn't call them even techniques. It was just force like, do this. And if they move or if it doesn't work, do it harder. That was what I was taught to do. And that hurts my heart. But I'm like, no wonder. So many of us are struggling and feel stuck and don't know what else to do and just think this is what it is. When when you become yeah. more skilled, you're more empowered, you're more confident, you're more comfortable, right? Like mm. the first time you place that catheter, urinary cat, you might be nervous, which is totally normal, but then you practice, you work with people who are more skilled than you, who mentor you. And then six months later, you're like, oh, I'm a pro. I mean, I'm still going to pay attention and be aware of stuff. Right. And I want people to have that with handling, but. And so like, that's something that they could find on your website, right? Like, yes, it should be, or it'll, it should be on my website and it will be on my, definitely my socials. I know I went on a little rant. I'm just really passionate about handling. (laughs) And I think we're so, we don't set up each other for success. And it's because people are like food, considerate approach, but then. People yeah. don't understand considered approach. Again, like people are simplifying these really complex concepts. And in many of the cases, I don't, I love food, but I, if I'm working with an FAS4 patient, 
that animal is going to be too fearful to eat. Yeah. And if they're yes. exhibiting body language that shows that severe of fear, it's inappropriate for me in many cases. Like, I'm not going to be like, let's try 500 things. I'm going to have a plan A, B, C in my head. I'm going to be confident. I'm going to be clear. I'm going to communicate that to the staff. Mm. But that takes time yeah. to get back. Because again, I remember my first two years as a tech, I would feel ethically compromised, uncomfortable, but kind of like what you were saying before about the pain, I could not commute. I could say that, but that unfortunately wasn't enough. And I understand that now I can explain and I could say, we're going to, I I'm, I don't like the word assertive because I'm a woman and I'm confident and that's just a normal, intelligent woman. Um, and sometimes I'm called assertive. Um, but I'm aware I, this is my skill set, and I can come up with a plan yeah. and communicate it together. And it's so awesome versus the fact that I used to go in with these animals and not even, not even talk to my vet. We would just go in. It blows my mind. I'm like, Oh my, the fact that we got anything done really like <laughs> but that was my bad too. Like I wasn't, oh, yeah. I'm not just saying it was, I was not like, yeah, it, we're not trained to do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Just blows my mind, but Fun things, pain and handling and behavior are the best. <laughs> I know, right? But I, so I was like, I'm going to go to your website. So chirrupsandchatter.com. Definitely look it up. Um, Yeah. And you have your events and stuff and you have your resources, your, your downloads, which are super oh, yeah, my fun. Articles, my resources, oh my God. My so awesome. Yeah. So definitely check that out. I'm like, no, talk it up girl. And we'll, we'll put some links in the show notes for this episode, but also if you're at the conference on Sunday or because we said it already, um, uh, if you are gonna do her course on demand, we'll have links for all of her stuff. So you can get, you can get that information and figure out what she's doing. Um, because Tabitha, you're amazing. You're amazing. That texts are amazing. <laughs> yes. Oh my I gosh. Just, I, I mean, if that's the only takeaway, I, I just, I've been that tech that felt stuck and I'm Ooh, like, yeah. how far I've came in my career, which I've worked very hard, all of that, but it's crazy, right? I don't to think I, I definitely live in myself as a technician. And sometimes I understand mm. we don't even hence have standardization and we're, we have to work for a lot of things, but I'm, I, I'm upset that I limited myself and I wish I had someone to tell me, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, Hey, techs are amazing. You are incapable of everything. You have such a already foundation and the opportunities you have for yourself is endless. A lot of it's advocating for yourself, but part of that comes with confidence, which is from being educated. Right. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> and even then you're like, Ooh, a little imposter syndrome sneaks in. And that's where we work with each other. We're like, I feel like that went horrible. And then your friend's like, no, it's in it. And we help lift right. each other up because we all need that. Oh we my God, so days. true. Because we Thank focus you. on the negative stuff, like a hundred percent. Like we definitely hundred good so. reviews, three, three, and one that is talking about the color of my hair and has nothing about, and that's the one I focus on. And I'm like, right. I have different colored hair for every, I change it every two months. So- I and it's amazing. But it. again, like I'm trying to get better about that, but we are all conditioned to focus on the negative. So you have to really kind of retrain your brain. To... I feel, I, I feel like I just need to do a course on that because I have a all suffer from it. and that really helped. Right. A hundred percent. That helps. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Well, check out Tabitha at Chirps and Chatter. Uh, otherwise, you know, she'll be at conferences. She gets around. <laughs> wrong. I mean, I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. And thank you for everything Jordan and you do. You were <laughs> some of the first technicians that I saw with their own podcast and you both were friends now, but you were both so kind to me when you first met <laughs> me. And I don't forget that stuff. Cause again, we should all we be try not to be jerks. lifting each other up. <laughs> There's enough jerks out there. Like we don't need it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> There's enough in the environment and in society already. We don't need to create and be aversive to each other or animals for that matter but you know that's a whole nother podcast see i could just keep going yvonne knows i know i know (laughs) we 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 definitely can all right everybody well have a wonderful day week whatever depending on how you're listening to this (laughs) and uh, keep getting your learn on and we'll talk to you later Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettechs.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.